I'm Caitlin. And I'm Shelby. And this is Finding Gavin's Voice. A disability advocacy podcast building community around open conversations. Uh, hi, it's Shelby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we're here with Bree, who's going to be talking about uh, her journey to diagnosis with her son, Bo. So we'll give her a moment to talk a little bit about herself and who she is and why she wanted to be on our podcast today. Hey guys. <laughs> uh, my name's Bree. So we started with our son's journey. Uh, last summer, we had kind of started seeing symptoms or signs, things that weren't necessarily normal with Bo. He started being drawn to eating non-food items. So we would be outside playing. He would want to eat chalk, dirt, mulch, rocks. Uh, it was difficult to even go to parks, uh, anything like that. How old was he when you started noticing things weren't typical? Was he two? So last June, he was about 18 months old okay. when we started seeing the signs. He had about 30 words in his vocab. So he was saying, you know, mama, daddy, sissy, dog, bird, ball. Uh, he could point at making eye contact. He hit every milestone up until about 18 months. So with like sitting, walking rolling over everything those doctors are looking for and um, at about 18 months that you know that it was June of last year I'll never forget so when we would go outside he started struggling with eating non-food items and um, and then by the end of summer his vocab hadn't grown any but he hadn't really lost a bunch of his words yet and then it kind of happened overnight where he just started regressing to almost like babbling so it was more just like mama mama ba 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 instead of ball and so now he will still just battle so no words back yet okay we're gonna get there though yeah yes what's so crazy about um Bo is with Gavin who's my son he and Bo share a birthday so they're exactly the same age <laughs> oh, and funny. their journey has been very similar except that Gavin never had the skills to lose he never started talking he hasn't started talking. I say that he's pre-verbal because I want to be empowering. It's not that he's non-verbal and he's yeah. never going to talk. But he's, he's pre-verbal, pre-verbal and it's going to happen. He's going to learn to communicate somehow. And we're fighting with that every single day. And he's getting there. He's starting to say things here and there. Like yesterday, he ran down the hallway and went, oh, geez. And it was oh. adorable and really oh, funny. Yeah. But you've seen him. He, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> but he doesn't say words either. He's not communicating. Right. Yeah. And so, but it's, it's crazy because I've noticed the same things in literally at the same time as you. We just didn't know it at the time. So, oh yeah, we go back and like yeah. look at videos or pictures and him doing, you know, his hands. Um, yeah, class. and we're like, you know, how did we it was there? It? But yeah, so this has always been him. Um, mm-hmm. The regression has been <laughs> heartbreaking, though. Yeah. So to hear, you know, so it's okay. It's, it's there and it's real, and it's it's really hard when you see other kids his age say mama or you hear him say I love you I mean, or my even, daughter was she had her full vocab by two so yeah. to know I love you mama in their voice it's mm-hmm. you just want to bottle it up you just want to keep that it's yeah. the sweetest thing and so yeah when you hear 
another kid running up and they're saying, I want to play with him or I want to be your friend. And yeah, there's no response, no eye contact. It's, it's hard. And I remember when this all kind of started, like he hadn't said dad in like a few months. And so my husband, you know, he's like, Oh man, like hasn't said dad, dad in a while. And as the months went on, you know, I remember us sitting down and talking about it. And I think for a long time, he he said it was more of like a defense mechanism. Like, oh man, we we haven't said it yet. Kind of hoping it will come back. And now he's kind of realizing. That it might not. Right. Yeah. And that's that's okay. Right. He's communicating in other ways, which is great. Uh, He is starting to hand lead. And we just started an iPad trial. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Good. Yeah, he's so. also very affectionate. I've watched him with he's you. He's so sweet. I've he's watched so him with sweet. you at tumbling, and when he gets really excited, he looks for you. Oh, yeah, he he's looks so sweet. to run to it's you and to, to sit on your lap. So he may not say mama, but he knows that you're his mama. Yeah, and Gavin's the same way. He doesn't right. say it, but when he gets hurt, he looks. For he me. wants you. Oh yeah. Or when he's excited, he looks for me, and so. We just when, have to remember that they communicate different, but it's still there. Oh, yeah. Like, since the day he was born, of course, I, you know, every night, I'm like, I love you, son. I love mm-hmm. you, son. And, you know, my daughter, i done the same thing. And just hearing that back, you know, and then going to that first appointment with him when we had switched doctors to try to get help, you know, to see if we could see about autism. And I just remember telling him, like, I just want to hear my son say I love you. you know it's like so rewarding as a parent to hear that so that was actually one of our questions so when you took Bo in to be evaluated did you know that it was likely autism or were you blind to what might have been happening we kind of knew so my husband worked at a special needs church camp he was a counselor there for years um, every summer so he's been around you know kids that are autistic and have autism and uh, so he has seen signs and stuff like that I really didn't know maybe it's like you're kind of blind as a parent and I saw regression of course but when you're going to the doctor and they're saying your baby's perfect everything's fine no it's totally normal that he's not talking like he's just a boy boys eat dirt Oh, a girl will say, oh, mama, look, there's a duck in the pond, but a boy will just say duck. Like, those are all normal things. Like, you're, th- that's fine. He's not saying, like, more than two, you know, two words. Mm-hmm. So that's when we switched doctors. My husband was just so frustrated because he could see the signs, but the pediatrician couldn't. And they tested his blood at that two-year appointment, and his iron levels were okay. So they kind of like ruled out anemia mm-hmm. from him eating the dirt and everything. And they were just like, oh, he's just a boy. Everything's fine. We'll see you guys when he's three. I was like, when he's A three? year, right. A year. I, I Let's remember, wait a I year. Was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, he doesn't want us to come back for like follow-up blood tests. Like, what do, I can't take my son to the park. Like, what do I do? Like, something's wrong here. He won't stop eating dirt and mulch rocks, like sand. We bought him a sand pit. Like literally he would take handfuls and just done wow and swallow like he was consuming these it wasn't like i just wanted it wasn't like he was just mouthing which is typical but eating needed it yeah and so we switched doctors and at that first appointment with dr mankata he 
sent over immediately to Sprouts to get, you know, a referral sent in. Um, he also sent referrals to Speech and Beyond. So Bo got to start, you know, speech therapy and occupational therapy while we were on the wait list for Sprouts. Um, the, the wait list was about six to seven months to get his actual autism evaluation. So in the meantime, we had to go be evaluated for speech, go be evaluated for OT. Probably had um, to have a hearing test. Yes, hearing test, yeah. uh, eye appointments. Mm -hmm. um, at one point we thought maybe he was deaf or had hearing issues. You, I could say, Bo, look at mama, Bo, look over here, look at mama, woo, woo. no response. He will mm -hmm. just keep doing what he's doing and he's mm -hmm. in his own world and so we were like maybe he really can't hear us but then an airplane will fly by and he's like yep. <laughs> right. looks right up so we're like I don't think that's it but yeah they had to rule that out and so then we went to see building all children they helped with resources uh, we had an evaluation with Sooner Start and um, so just going to all of these appointments, all the appointments. And, you know, everyone evaluating him and us saying what's going wrong over and over and no one giving you answers because no one can say anything like, oh, we think he has autism. Like, oh, Dr. Taylor's going to know right off the bat. She'll be able to tell you, like, she'll give you answers. So it's like we're seeing all these professionals, but no one can really tell us anything so we were just like in limbo for seven months of like does he have autism does he maybe just have a delayed learning development it, we didn't know so you're just like thinking of the worst and hoping for the best for half of a year uh, family friends people asking questions and you don't have answers yeah, so it's pretty tough game is horrible. Right. And I think that's the hard part as a parent is because at some point you're going to be the first one to notice, of course, anything with your child, especially yeah. moms, like you just know that something is different. Yes. Brianna has an older child. So you have someone to compare it to, you know, and could see that that development was different. And I think that's the most frustrating part is, you know, that something's different, but then almost like this trigger once your grand grandparents start asking you, family friends start saying, is everything okay? You know? And then you People start getting those looks, <laughs> you start getting those looks and then you're like, Oh, now everyone else is starting to see it too. Yeah. And so that's like a whole other almost grief that you have to go through oh, yeah. as a parent is it's like, okay, I've noticed this, I've seen it, but now the world is starting to see that my child is different mm -hmm. and how to, what do you do in those situations? Explain it when you know what's when you don't wrong. know what's wrong. You're yeah, like, you're hey, like kids are quirky, man. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I and know we're at a birthday party and all the kids are watching the live musician jumping in the bounce house, and Bo was licking the concrete windowsills of the firehouse building. Like, you know, it's like, what, what do you do? Yeah. It, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I, right? It's exhausting. You're like. Yeah. Redirect. He doesn't want to play music with the musician. He wanted he, to in his world. And yeah, check out the sidewalks <laughs> and dirt. Yeah, just <laughs> where he's at, though. And, and um, it's really hard when you see like people. Um, I mean, our kids are adorable, and so when we're out in public, people are like, "Oh my gosh, hi, little buddy, how are you?" And Gavin won't respond. He doesn't look at them. He doesn't say anything. He does. Oh well, he doesn't talk at all. But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything, right? He just ignores them, and they look at you like, 
Waiting like, for your response. Why yes. is, there, is your child disrespectful? Is there something wrong? I'm like, sir, and you're lucky like, if you got eye contact for my child, okay? Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> you're lucky if, like... Exactly. And so then you, you just kind of get taken aback. The one that really got me is my friend's four-year-old. She came up to me. They were playing. They were playing together, engaging with one another. And she came up to me and she said, Shelby, why doesn't Gavin like me? And I went... What? What do you mean? Why doesn't he like you? And she said, well, he won't talk to me. I ask him questions and he doesn't answer me. And I said, sweetie, he doesn't have mouth words yet, but he's playing with you. That means he likes you. But this four-year-old, you know, just automatically thought this little tiny human didn't like her because he wasn't using words. He wasn't responding to her. And that one got me. Yeah, that's yeah, that one got me more than adults for my daughter. daughter. And that's really why one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was because not only for the parental support of children diagnosed or on the spectrum, but parents, I don't know how many times I've had a parent of a neurotypical child come to me and they're like, we met somebody at the store and he was in a wheelchair and my daughter wanted to know like, why, what's going on? And they're like, what do we do in that situation? And I remember that on the reverse side, growing up with my sister and getting those stares, yeah. right? But I loved it when somebody would ask me, yeah, at least come up and be like, how come she's in a wheelchair? Yeah, What's wrong? You my know, and, and so they are. Yeah. And so I think that's something that we can do is kind of advocate for those parents of children who are neurotypical to let them go ask questions because that's how they're going to learn. And that's how they're going to realize that it's okay. And those differences are normal, you know? So then they're like, Oh, they can't use their legs and that's okay. And they're going to remember that. Yeah. Um, even my kids, I always say like, I love that they get to grow up with an aunt that has differences because we see a wheelchair. I remember when Zeke was, he was like maybe 14 months old, but we saw a wheelchair, somebody in a wheelchair passed by and he was like, is that aunt Jess? Oh, <laughs> you know? And I was like, no, that's not her. But I like, I love that. It was just typical for him, Yeah, you know? And that's what we need to, the kind of world we need to create. And this kind of leads me into the, um, my next question of, I know that you guys are starting Little Lighthouse, mm -hmm. and I love that they have like that peer program where some of the um, students are neurotypical, and it's so good for those students just to be around kids with differences and all different abilities. And then in reverse, it's so good to have that model of, you know, this is kind of how the world can cohesively work between people with disabilities and people who have different abilities. And so I love that. So can you talk a little bit about how you got in contact with the little lighthouse? Did someone refer you there and what services did you receive for him before you actually got to start school there? Yeah. So he's actually still in early intervention with them. So okay. he just got accepted to start early intervention. So he's still technically on the wait list mm -hmm. for the, like the full-time school program. Um, but they run an early intervention program while you're on that wait list. So you kind of get on the wait list for that first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so he goes once a week now and he's in Miss Taylor's class and he's loving it. It's him and five other kids with a similar diagnosis. Um, they're all similar in age. They're all boys um, in his class. But we had reached out to Little Lighthouse once we went to Building All Children. So we heard that would be a really good resource for us. And Kristen there at Building All Children 
gave us so many resources and lists and, you know, a whole packet of things to go over, uh, people to reach out to for help. Um, you know, there's like the Griffin's Promise, Will's House, uh, Little Lighthouse. There's so many um, places, even just here in Tulsa, that offer help. It's just kind of knowing where to start. <laughs> there's just so, it's so overwhelming as a parent. But so we did reach out to Little Lighthouse. We got on their early intervention program. We went to a few classes at a church downtown that they hosted. Um, and now we are there once a week in the classroom. I'm not sure how long he'll be on the wait list before he gets to go to the full-time school program. And um, you're there with him, right? For yes. his time there. Yes, it's like so two it's a two-hour program, yeah. yeah, once a week. And yeah, the parents stay in there. It's been really great, though. They're all so kind, so nice. We also went to Jinx. They have a three-year-old program. So we've done a few interviews with them uh, to see if Bo will qualify for their three-year-old program. With their three-year-old program, they said they kind of do that same thing where they'll have neurotypical kiddos come in to the mm -hmm. class uh, like one time a week and they'll kind of do everything together. But at Jinx, it will be 10 kids in the class with uh, one teacher and two like assistants or like a physical therapist and wow. OT. Yeah, so there would be three adults for the 10 kids in the class. I believe with Jinx, though, it can be any type of disability mm -hmm. uh, with those 10 kids. Where with Little Lighthouse, I, I do like that they kind of tried to narrow it down, um, do a similar, everyone has a similar diagnosis mm -hmm. in that class right yes. once they get grouped okay yes. and I know that little, and I don't know if it's like that all the time but for his early intervention class I thought that was really yeah, helpful they grouped them that way yeah. yeah and I know that I mean little lighthouse for our listeners who don't know it's a developmental preschool for children uh, that have developmental delays mm -hmm. and it's completely free so I I was just there last week for a conference and I was just blown away at how much it has grown. So my sister went there. So she went, you know, way 30 some years ago and oh, yeah, reading the owners, like the, their, their stories. And, yes. Yeah, and how they started out. Like, um, the hearing issues. Oh yeah. And she's written books and everything now. Yeah. Inspiring. Yes. So. And how big it is and how, and one of their therapists was telling me how many kids they're able to serve between their actual school, their preschool program, and then the early intervention side of yes. things. And you know, that's just such an amazing support group. Even if you can just connect with another parent because one of my my sister's best friend who she's still best friends with today she met at the little lighthouse Aww. and my mom was a single mom when they started when Jess started there and she happened to meet another single mom with a daughter who was going through very similar developmental delays and just having that support group I think about my mom and Patty is her name. They relied on each other so much throughout the entire lifespans. Um, and then my mom suddenly passed away when I was in college, but I still reach out to Patty when I need help as far as, you know, okay, like we're going through this with Jess. Do you have any advice? Can you talk to her? And just having that support group, which started at the little lighthouse. And like you said, there are so many other resources within Tulsa, but just being able to reach out somewhere and build that support group, I think is makes a world of difference for you guys as parents. Absolutely. I remember like after we went to our first like early intervention program at little lighthouse, I remember leaving and just telling my husband how much relief I got in the class, not having to worry about what Bo was going to do next. Like mm -hmm. 
all of like the, all the parents were so understanding and I didn't feel judged. I felt like Bo could just be himself and we weren't trying to put him in a box, not have him do any of his fun stuff he does, you know, um, and be judged for it. So it's nice to go somewhere where the parents are understanding and accepting. They're not going to stare. They may help redirect or... Mm -hmm. It's just nice to feel like you belong somewhere and your kid can just be themselves. I feel the same way um, yesterday with Gavin's breakdown. I felt so supported by the staff and by you, but then there were a couple of parents there that were just really unsure about you how just to don't understand. act yeah. or look. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got a two and a half year old that's running around screaming his head off and he won't calm down. Yeah. And of course that's going to, you know, make somebody that doesn't have experience with atypical children just stare at you. I was in Target once and I, this poor mom, she was holding like a four year old on one hand and an infant on the other. And both of them are screaming. And I just walked over and I was like, do you want me to entertain your four year old while you tend to your other little and we right. sat there and made faces at each other and we we clapped and gavin's just sitting in the cart completely ignoring this kid but <laughs> yeah. we have to make a village of parents and that's the other thing that we want to do here is build a community because it's so hard because you feel so alone but there's a lot of people that deal with exactly what we deal with and we just kind of want to remind parents of that we don't have to do this alone no our, our children they have similar journeys but they're not the same but they're still similar enough that we can relate to one another. Go ahead. And kind of going back to what you had said with your experience with the four-year-old and um, yeah. I don't think Gavin likes me. So we've really struggled with that with our daughter. So she just turned 11 in February and Bo's diagnosis has, their relationship has flourished so much and Kinsley understanding that Bo loves a different way than she loves people and that's okay. And he shows his affection. He shows his love differently because there was just such a long period of time where she would say that to mama, Bo doesn't like me. Bo doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't look at me. He doesn't play with me. He doesn't interact with me. He doesn't want me around him. And it's like, that's not true. He just yeah. is going to show you differently. And now that we have a few answers, it's really helped her. She's like such an advocate for him. She is like, she's just such an advocate for autism and I'm so proud of her. She's had a few issues at her school at Jinx. She's in fifth grade. She just finished and she's at that age where kids are joking and making jokes of things and I'm so proud of her. She's gone to her teacher multiple times and, and has really learned to find her voice and is speaking up for kids with disabilities and I'm really proud of her and she is like, I will never let anyone <laughs> treat my brother differently or you know anyone with special anyone. needs. She's so protective. That gave me goosebumps. I'm a sibling of somebody with special needs so I... A lot of research I've done as a speech pathologist has been on siblings and she how... She needs to be a speech pathologist oh, now. I knew, like, strengthen her. Yeah, and that, that's where I started. Like, I grew up going to all of Jessica's physical therapy yeah. appointments. OT, PT. I mean, I learned to walk at one of Jessica's PT appointments. Oh, my God. That's where I took Great. my first steps because, I mean, that's where we always were, you know? Yeah. And Five I, days a week. <laughs> yes, you're there. And siblings, it's just a different world to grow up in because most siblings aren't. They're not going to appointments every day of their life. They're not having to think about, 
they're going to go and how their siblings going to interact or, but having that responsibility is different. It's different than just typical siblings. I remember those questions as a kid. I remember people being like, why is your, why is your sister like that? Can she still play? And I'm like, yeah, she's just going to play in a different way, but she can, she can do everything that we can. It's just going to look different. You know, I remember being seven and having those conversations with people, but, and my mom hearing them and being like, I'm so proud of you. Like, that's what you, that's what you're doing. You're advocating for your sister and that's what you're going to have to do your whole life because people just aren't going to know. And Seeing it now as a parent just makes me wish that more people took those opportunities to learn as a family unit because it is completely overwhelming or you hear things that fifth grade is such a hard year. It's where people think that it's okay to joke about people with disabilities or say things like the R word and it's not acceptable, but being in that school environment and being able to advocate, I mean, I love that she's doing that. And her teacher's have been incredible about it too. They put their foot down. (laughs) You know, had kids calling their parents and in the principal's office, they were like, we will not tolerate this. You will not mock or make fun of disability. So I'm really happy with Jinx. I'm so proud that they are taking that serious. Her teachers supported her so much and I'm really happy with that. She gets older and like enters into junior high. She can volunteer with oh, Special yeah. Olympics and Absolutely. get more involved. And that's going to do nothing but prepare her for what life as a speech path is going to be. Yeah. And, and they had a speech path come to their career day. And I think it just like, and she spoke about autism and everything. And I think it really just like stole Kinsley's heart. And she realized, hey, I could have like a profession out of this. And it's mm-hmm. what I'm going to already be doing. Yeah. every day with my brother right so she's like i want to do that yeah. to that's incredible find a way to communicate with him that's incredible i know i love those stories yeah. so i have two more questions and they kind of go hand in hand oh dear so <laughs> the first one is looking back over the last um year of everything that's happened if you could talk to brie of june of 2021 what would you tell yourself what advice would you give yourself hmm. <laughs> Um, probably just one of the biggest things we've learned as a family has been, uh, more patience. So, um, if you knew me or my family, um, before Bo, we were always on the go. <laughs> Sorry. No, Don't you're okay. No. Really just learned to slow down and... It doesn't feel like it when you have <laughs> when, when you're going here. yes when you're going to physical therapy yes. PT OT the little lighthouse but uh, it's just we've lowered our expectations in a sense of going out to do things being a social um, we can't go out to eat right. restaurants don't happen <laughs> we they end up boxing it up and getting it to go for us before the food's even out. So and we eat in the car sometimes and that's okay. We've learned that that's okay. We spent nearly every day last summer at Safari Joe's. My daughter loves swimming and so does Bo. Uh, they're both little fish. And this year, you know, it's going to look a little different. He's a more on the move. It's He's getting bigger and stronger than me. So it's a little intimidating when I'm going alone with two kids to things. That, like we went to Safari Joe's the other day and it was like, this might last 20 minutes or we might be here two hours. And 
with me and Kinsley being on the same page with that, it's really helped knowing, okay, we're going to go and we're going to have fun. And this fun might only last 30 minutes or we might get to stay longer and that's okay. We're not going to be upset. We're not going to be bummed out. We're going to take everything as a win. So we just kind of changed our outlook on things of everything's a win. Yeah. And you celebrate those small victories. If you lasted 20 minutes at the water park, you're like, we got in there and we got to enjoy it for 20 minutes. That's how like the park is gone. I mean, we used to last 10 minutes. I mean, and then he would be shoveling and, you know, mulch or whatever. So, and I remember going to our OT appointment and telling her we were at the park today for 40 minutes. And that was like such a huge deal to like get to be somewhere and him be regulated. Everything went okay. It wasn't like a fight or embarrassing that people were staring at us. So, and we just take everything as a win and he might not be saying, I love you, but I mean, he'll point at a block or if he makes three seconds of eye contact, like those are big wins for us in our house. So we just literally celebrate everything. That's what we've learned as small or as silly as it may seem. And that's what I, I'm like that now, especially as a mom. And I, I mean, I was growing up, like we celebrated everything, like every little thing. And that's something that I appreciate from my childhood the most. And especially now that I'm a mom, because I'm like, and people probably think that I'm crazy (laughs) or over the top, but we like, I do not take a single second for granted at all. I don't take those memories or even like just the small things that they're doing, you know? And that's something from my my childhood that I think made it a little bit unique. And I know Kinsley, I'm sure as an adult, she'll look back and she'll be like, she'll be the best mom and the best yeah. caregiver and the best speech pathologist because she's going to get it. You know, yes. she's going to understand and she's going to celebrate those victories with so many families and really be able to be there for them and advocate and understand because that's a whole other side of things, you know, I think I come from a very unique perspective because I I do get it. Yeah. Being able to make that connection. I'm sure Shelby, you similar things. You'll text me and you'll be like, Gavin's, I think he said this. I think he said a word. Like, yeah, he did it. We or you'll be like, we're like, that was definitely balloon. He definitely said, <laughs> he said it. Said it. Yes. <laughs> or you'll be like, he, he had a successful day. He had a successful session and being able to have that connection and, and be able to have someone that gets it and celebrates it with you. I know, you know, that that's so important to have that it is and on the flip side it's so important to be able to like yesterday poor gavin just had a rough day it started off rough it ended rough it was a rough day for him and in turn that makes it a rough day for me and i have a support system that i can text and just say man today was hard or this really sucked today and they're not going to think that you know, I'm being dramatic or a bad mom because I don't, you know, just because I needed to vent that my kid had a hard day because it looks different. I'm sure your kiddos have hard days, but it's, he, he can't tell me what's wrong. And so that makes it even harder because I have to guess. And then I'm usually wrong and I have to guess again. Like you said yesterday, you're literally (laughs) three-year-old, you're throwing noodles at the wall, hoping something's going to stick and that, whew. Okay. Yeah, it's that's uh, a whole tangent, but it gets rough sometimes. Yeah, and not everybody gets it, or they'll give you that toxic positivity response. Tomorrow will be better. It's all gonna be okay. Well, yeah, I know, but right now it sucks. Let yeah. me let it suck. I um, <laughs> recently reconnected with a friend, and she's a special needs mom as well, and 
someone had said to her, I just don't know how you do it. And she's like, I don't have a choice. What do you mean you don't know how we do it? Like, we don't have a choice not to do this for our kids. Right. So we are going to endless appointments. We are doing whatever it takes, whatever they need. We will do it. Like, I will do whatever I have to for either of my kids. But when people are like, I just don't know how you do it. Or how do you find the time? Yeah. I don't know how I do it either, but I have to. Right. What do you mean you don't know how? You just do it. You just get it done. And... She was like, I don't think there's anything that frustrates me more than that. And then when people say, I don't know how you do it, because yeah, they're like, what's the other option? Yeah, and they make it seem like your life is so like terrible. (laughs) And you're like, no, is it frustrating? Is it hard? Is it a difficult road? Yes, but like, is my life terrible? Because it's almost like, okay, so you're saying you wouldn't be able to do this for your child and make it through each day? Like, yes, Mm -hmm. is it a different road? But are we going to have the same outcomes and have children that are happy and know love, which is the Mm -hmm. most important thing? Like, yes, they'll be able to do that. Because there are more hard days when we have good days or when there is a really big win, something that might be tiny to someone else is really big to us. So our joy is even bigger. Oh, everyone at Speech and Beyond, like we like threw a party the day that Bo like pointed at a different dum-dum. So at the end of every session, they would hold up a sucker, you know, which one do you want? And like the day he pointed, I swear we were all like yeah. having a celebration over a point. Like, right. but when your child has milestones like that pointing oh they're pointing at a bird that's so cute when they lose that right and you've laid or sat in the backyard with them on the trampoline for hours pointing at birds looking at birds listening to them and then they just stop doing that one day it's a big win when they do start doing it again so pointing eye contact um just being out in public, it's little wins, little things that you don't think you would be celebrating as a parent, and you just take everything. Yeah, you Gavin do. tried a new food. You can. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. It is. Because Absolutely. usually he won't. Even if he doesn't like it, it's the fact that he actually... He won't denies. even let it touch his... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so little things like that, he... he ate a peach off a spoon himself. He put the spoon oh, in yeah. his mouth oh the right God. direction without spinning it in a mm. circle first. Huge. I love it. But yeah, we see the the little things to other parents are huge things to us. Yes. And so we we do get to have more joy. We have more oh, hard days, I but we like have You do, joy. and you appreciate them. Like, yeah. just my life and everything that I've gone through as a child and an adult, I know that looking back when I'm older... And I'm leaving my kids like I appreciated everything and every part of my life because of that. And you'll feel the same way because you're like, I, I got it. And I think that's one of the best things that people with differences bring to us neurotypical individuals (laughs) is like, they're like, slow down. Like, this is not the world. This is not the stuff we should care about. Like, and getting into their world, especially kids on the spectrum, it's a beautiful world, you know? And it just... I mean, it helps us. Like, I am a better person because of that. And you are, you're a better mom, both yeah. of you. Oh, because I feel like I've had to, like, relearn. It's so yeah. like, yes. funny. I joke with this therapist that I'm like, I know I've done this whole mom thing before, but, like, I need you to teach me how to learn how to teach him. Yeah. I feel like I took so much for granted with my daughter. Uh, 
everything just came easy with her. Mm -hmm. Everything was easy. I mean, she had her full vocab by two. She basically potty trained herself at 18 months. I mean, (laughs) she's like, everything just came so easy with her. Like, I I never felt like, what what should I do in this situation? I'm sure there were like, of course I was a first time mom. I was scared. There were scary issues, but nothing like this. And it's made me, I joke about it a lot, but I'm like, I'm a first time mom again. Like I'm learning how to, be a mom. Well, I mean, you have eight years different, so it was going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, then you add this other <laughs> thing. Yeah, this he just learns so yeah. different from me. Right. So I'm having to have someone teach and me how he learns. And then you have the added challenge that Bo was born in 2019. So he was an COVID. infant during 2020. Yes. I don't know how to parent outside of a pandemic. So taking Gavin to tumbling and swim, totally new to me. Oh yeah. So that's why his, his breakdown yesterday was so overwhelming for me. It's all Because that's one of the first ones that he's had in public. Yeah. Because right. we haven't done anything. Um, and I don't know about you, but I mean, you handled yourself so well. I, I did not feel like I did. So shut down. Down. Yeah. I was like thinking about it when I left. I'm like, when Bo had those meltdowns at little gym, we just left. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a defense ne- mechanism for me, like fight or flight. Like it's, I'm going to get him and I'm going to go mm-hmm. <laughs> to safety, to wherever, right. you know, um, he feels more comforted, but I'm like, I'm so proud of you for trying to like stick it out, hang in there with him. You tried multiple times and it's just hard because you don't know what right. to do in those situations or if they are going to calm down and actually get to enjoy it or yeah. if it's just like, no, let's scratch yeah. this and try again tomorrow. Right. <laughs> See, I did that at the little gym, right? I, I gave him opportunities to regulate. I did his normal regulation routines and stuff. But then when we went to swim and the same thing happened there, I did leave. You're just like, I can't. I, and it's not even, it wasn't even, I'm not going to fight my child having a meltdown in the pool. It's not safe. Yeah. That it, this is a safety issue because he will start thrashing himself around. If he slips out of my hands, I, I'm in a pool of water. Yeah. And then it's really hot in the locker room and I'm not about to go sit in that humid locker room. So, element. so yeah. we'll try again. It's not a failure. It's just... We can't do this today. And that's um, if I could give advice to younger me or other moms. That's definitely something I've learned over the past eight months or you know, year we've kind of been on this journey is uh, don't be scared to get out of the box and still try things. I feel like so many things are labeled like special needs or like I remember even moms asking me, oh, you can take him to Little Jim? And I just hate that my son's going to have to have different, just knowing that he's going to have harder struggles than us and things might be harder for him and he's going to be looked at differently his whole life. It kills me. Yeah. It literally kills me. And uh, I just encourage moms of special needs children to go do those things, go to the swim parks, go to amusement parks, go out, go to the library, go to places that might not be in your comfort zone. And if you last 10 minutes, you last 10 minutes. And if it works out, it does or it doesn't. But that's been kind of a learning process for our entire family because we have always been on the go. Um, but don't let things hold you back. But there are also times you have to be held back in a way of 
there are weeks we don't leave the house or we don't get out of our comfort zone because that's what Bo needs. So, And we have to do that because yeah. if we keep doing this, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to help end that stigma. And, and provide inclusion. And that's right. what we want. We exactly. Want, we want there to be exactly. a bigger inclusion for I, this community. I felt yes. a lot of guilt. And I hate using the word because I know it may be offensive to some, but it's true. I felt so alone when I started noticing Gavin's differences because nobody else would admit it. They were all, he's a boy. Boys develop slower. It's COVID. He's not socialized enough, et cetera, et cetera. That I almost oh, started to feel. People trying to think of excuses yeah, for it. I almost started to feel ashamed that I was noticing these differences and other people weren't. And then I realized one day it was um, his previous speech therapist. Uh, we had a really long conversation because I just broke down into tears that I was never going to hear my son say mama and or I love you. And um, she told me something. I can't even remember exactly what she said, but I realized that if I quit trying to make my son fit into this world and start making this world fit into him, that that will change our entire journey, no matter what it ends up looking like. And so my final question, because I know we need to wrap this up, but as parents of kiddos with unique needs, we have to tailor our expectations of what their future might look like. You know, when you have your kid, you think of their wedding day, or you think of them graduating high school, or choosing a college, and you see all these, you know, these big things, and then you're slapped in the face with this, this thing that you have to manage and you have to change your expectations um when you look at Bo's future now what do you see for him what do you want for him i'm sorry that's a really heavy question and i know it is because yeah. it's so hard it's so hard it's hard to but think of the future when every day is a little bit different yeah yeah but we have to have goals like, you do. what are we what are we doing all of this for right like is it because we want to see them go to college but then Caitlin went to a conference last weekend and somebody told her or they said something to the tune of every single genius that we know is on the spectrum oh for sure for sure and our kids could be geniuses and we just don't know it yet <laughs> yeah but so, it's just how they see the world and it's and it is completely you different than you us you have to be on the spectrum to see the world that you know Albert Einstein saw yeah. or yeah yeah I'm not really sure. <laughs> Fair answer. No, and that's and okay. that's okay. Um, honestly, I try to just make it through every day. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. a win and a huge one. I think when I look at Gavin's future, I want him to succeed. I just want yeah. him to succeed. I mean, in his in his baby book, it asked me what I saw, what I wanted him to grow up to be. And I literally wrote... I don't care as long as he's not an a-hole. <laughs> happy, kind person, whatever, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I think it, I think it's just changed a lot for us in the past year and that we just haven't really, I think we had all these hopes and dreams and once that kind of got uh, pushed to the side, we didn't make new ones yet. And that's okay. Um, my husband has like played softball and baseball sports. You know, he's a huge sports fan. He's from Massachusetts. So Pat Celtics, yes. he watches them all. So I think 
his dream and goal. I mean, my daughter has been a dancer her whole life. And so with Bo, it was going to you know, be baseball. I mean, duh, he's going to be yeah. <laughs> a baseball player. Um, and he still can. Yeah. And last summer we spent every night just sitting and throwing balls back and forth in the backyard and over and over. And Bo is obsessed with balls. He loves the balls. <laughs> and then it, and then he couldn't catch a ball anymore. And I wish I could read you guys the poem that my mother-in-law sent me, but I feel like I just, I swear I can read it every day. And it's not that I'm, I didn't lose my child. I'm, it's a different type of grief. And you kind of have to just put those dreams that you had for them to the side and they're gonna choose their dreams. And I know he's already changed so many lives. Like to know Bo is to love him. I wish I could have brought him today so you could have met him. He is so loving. He's so kind. He's so curious. He's so adventurous. We call him a little treasure hunter. Um, I remember being pregnant and we didn't find out the gender and to, you know, everyone, are you going to have more babies? Are you going to have more? And it's like, well, no, I mean, if we have our boy and then, you know, we'll have a boy and a girl and then everything's great and good to go. And you just never really know what your adventure is going to be. And so, of course, I would hope in the, in Bo's future, of course, I would love for him to gain his words back or any way of communication that the tablet, uh, you know, sign language, just any way to communicate with us and his peers and someday have a successful job uh, doing something he loves and just independence for him at this point. And, but maybe almost as like uh, a defense or <laughs> maybe we just haven't thought that far in advance. We're just trying to get through early intervention. I feel like everyone is like, Autism's so different. Everyone's so different. We don't know anything about it. And mm -hmm. so as a parent, you don't know what to set your expectations. Will he yeah. talk again? Um, will he be independent? Will he have a wife or a husband someday? Like, will he re get to marry someone or have kids? Oh, or said husband um, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, will, will I, will my husband have biological grandchildren? Like, we don't know that. Like, it's, something we've thought of, of course, that do you want to think about those things? Not really. Yeah. So the big question just mark getting is by day by day. day, by yeah, day. It's like no one else really knows. So how do we know? And we don't want to put certain expectations on to Bo at this point. And so like the, everything's a win. So yeah. we're taking anything that he does as a win. Uh, everything with Kinsley is a win. And we're looking forward to Whatever the future, yeah, traveling, yeah. we're going to go for it. We're going to step out of our comfort zone with Bowie and uh, not let anything hold us back as a family and still go on adventures and do whatever he's up for. Perfect. I love that. I think that was the best way to end this episode yeah. on just letting, see where it goes yeah. and let, don't let it hold you back. Don't let the diagnosis hold you back. Will we get to go? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you will be. And you're setting him up for success just because he will always have support. And no matter what Absolutely. the world yeah. looks like for him or with Gavin, you guys are doing your absolute best jobs to make sure that they feel secured and loved and they have a safe 
place. Yeah. They, they know, they know what their comfort is and that's the best thing you can do. And so I know no matter what, both of your children are going to find their own success in their own ways. 